Shabbat Shalom and welcome to another episode of A Christian Voice. For nine years, I worked fairs, not as my primary income, often as a volunteer for different causes I believe in. In the term fair, I'm also including street fairs, local city celebrations, and even community events hosted by churches or neighborhoods. Nine years of fairs. You can learn a lot in nine years. If your eyes and ears are open, You observe a lot, but it's when your heart is open and you apply the lessons to yourself that it becomes beneficial. When your heart is closed, when your eyes are focused outwardly, you just get jaded. You get cold and hard and can even get depressed when you see so much that's wrong with the world, the ugliness of sinful humanity in a microcosm. You see an enormous amount of theft. Now, vendors do generally help each other out, and don't keep silent, but you can only do what you can do when you're working. You see pickpockets and purse snatchers. You see little old ladies knocked down, and children pushed aside like so much trash. You even see the dishonesty of other vendors. You see who robs customers and how. Like those who charge different prices for different customers they decide they don't like. Those selling food who hike up prices during lunch and dinner hours. You hear a lot of, Oh, is that what the sign says? Must be an old sign. And they charge more than the prices listed. You see how, when they make up their contracts, they claim the tax is included in the pricing, but then they charge it to the customers anyway, giving them unreported income. I am so very impressed when I see a fair and honest vendor who deals with the public and with others, in an upright manner. There used to be a saying, treat customers like you want your own mother treated, and you'll have a customer for life. Well, can't say that anymore. No one cares how their own mother is treated. You see so much family dysfunction. Man, it almost makes you feel normal. Of course, that doesn't even begin to cover what dishonest employees try every single day. You see far too many abusive parents. You see so many violent relationships. You can't help but overhear people planning or openly living out cheating on their marriages. Adultery. That word needs to come back into our vocabulary. Fornication as well. It's not fun. It's not okay. It's not a game. Fornication is sin. You see all types, all ages. I remember back in the day when people would say, Hey, get a room! If you were holding hands and looking at each other too fondly. Now, (laughs) you even see prostitution and drug sales. You see children trying their first cigarette or drink, or even worse. Yes, I am that lady that'll shout you off and scare you away. Not because I don't want you near my booth, but because I'm a mom. And you're breaking your own mom's heart. And I would not want to be the one to face her if I blindly let you hurt yourselves right in front of me. Because it's a step in ruining your life. At the very least, it'll harm your future. Because I care. Alright, enough said on that one. So, the first lesson I've learned is to take what I'm seeing and turn it inward. To use it as a spotlight into my own heart. Oh, my actions are usually above reproach. I'm generally a well-behaved individual, socially appropriate and doing what I'm supposed to do. But 
Is that truly who I am inside? Really, aren't there times when I would like to act irresponsibly? When I would love to buck society and just do something I shouldn't? (laughs) I won't. But do I ever wish it? Can I put myself in the place of others? I actually was an abusive spouse. Yeah, my ex was also. But that does not excuse my part in it. I sure enough hit back. And harder. And sometimes didn't stop. Snap! Here and there, as a young mother, I did slap my child's mouth when he smarted off. Not out of anger, but to demonstrate that disobedience is a serious matter. It's not to be taken lightly, as it patterns our response to God himself. If we don't learn obedience, submission to our parents, my, how much harder it is to give to God. But I would definitely handle that one differently these days. What about the rest of the things I see? What hard attitudes have I harbored that might have made me act as others do? Really, it's only the grace of God that I'm innocent of so many things, and I'm not innocent of others. So my first lesson is what the Holy Bible has said all along. Examine yourself, see where you're failing, and bring it to the Father through His Son, salvation, for fixing. Kindness has been another important lesson. The customer is always right. We used to add, even when they're wrong. I say now, especially when they're wrong. The Bible says again, Bless those who curse you. Do good to them which despitefully use you. Pray for those who persecute you. So shall you be children of your Father which is in heaven. Now the flesh wants to be a child of the devil. Our flesh, my flesh, wants to say something snarky back. To put others in their place. To be right. To win. A little bit of kindness toward an imperfect customer goes a long way. Adonai's ways are always the right ways. For everyone. Imagine a world where everyone did that which was right. Not that which they personally believe is right. Or best in the moment. Right for the situation. But actually right. That's utopia. That's coming. When Messiah returns. He will reign in perfect justice and righteousness for a thousand years. Why not forever? Because he's giving that generation one last chance. Choose him or reject him. They will have a perfect world for a thousand years, yet will not choose it. They will have such light after the darkness we live in now. The comparison is so stark. Even now it is. But there will be no possible way to not take responsibility for your choice. For or against Yeshua HaMashiach. You can read this in the book of Revelation. It's the last book in the Christian Bible. We're told at the end of the thousand years, those who reject him will rise up against him. There will be one final battle. He will win. And then he will rule forever. That's it, folks. There will be no more time. No more chances. And you can't count on going into the millennium. Now is the acceptable hour. Now is the day of salvation. Choose Yeshua, Jesus, and live. Talking's the next thing I've learned. Yes, believe it or not, that's something I've had to learn. I have always despised small talk, which makes me very bad at it. In my perfect world, no one would speak unless there was something essential to say. I had to learn that how are you is an essential that expressing concern for another's well-being its not actually a waste of breath. <laughs> Ouch, I know I'm really terrible, huh? 
But I finally learned that you don't have to be discussing weighty matters of life, death, art, existential questioning, or scientific advancement to have a conversation. That it doesn't actually have to involve shutting off your brain and falling asleep. That it's a small enough matter to give that to others. And oh my, you might actually learn something. I used to hate being around other women because I don't care how you keep your house, what your husband said, or the greatest new recipe you just tried. I don't want to hear the brilliant things your child said or did, or how many places you had to drag them to, you poor little housewife. But it's important to them, so it needs to be important to me as a friend. I have been a very bad friend in the past. It always amazes me that I have such nice friends. Then I realized it's because they're kind people. They will friend someone like me and patiently model good friendship for me until I catch on. Which, I'm praising God for, is finally beginning to happen. Yay! And you know what? A lot of those recipes and household tips are great. Patience. This is definitely a weak spot for me. Still, I hope not always. To slow down, wait, let people catch up. It's really hard for me not to rush things. In, out, on. Part of patience also is esteeming others more highly than yourself. Scripture again. All of life is covered in God's word. Part of patience is acknowledging that my way is not necessarily the right way. It's definitely not the only way. And that even if it is a better way, a faster way, a more efficient way, I don't have to impose it upon others. It's okay to do things in less than a perfectly optimal way. No one does anyway. I'll get out of there eventually, and the world will indeed go on. Striving for perfection is a guaranteed fail. Yes, I had to learn this. (laughs) Oh, love. Feeling it. Showing it. When you observe people long enough, you'll come to one of two places. Despising all humanity in absolute disgust, or learning to love them. Having grace and charity for weaknesses. Really, we are all the same. No matter what choices we make, the sins we personally tend toward being different from someone else's, we all sin by nature. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We are all imperfect. We all make mistakes. None of us makes good choices all the time. Not even you. Not a single human being is nice 24-7-365. We all have bad days. You may drink too much or take drugs at a fair and say stupid things. You may offer yourself in ways you would never believe when in your right mind. You may have had a bad day at work, and now your spouse dragged you out in public to spend time with your kids, and you'd really rather be at home relaxing in front of the television. Maybe you live in chronic pain and don't realize that makes your tongue sharper than you intend. Maybe you're having a really hard time in life and are out there trying to fight depression. Everyone is in a different place in their life. God has taught me to view people with the love and compassion He has for them. Praise Him. If you don't think God is a loving, compassionate God, showing mercy to thousands of them that love Him, please grab a Bible and get to know who He is. Contentment's the next thing. That one has also been a little slow in coming. When I worked my first fair, I had already hit my 30s. I cannot tell you how big a loser I felt. 
that I had to work at a fair in a booth, making and serving greasy food, I would have died before touching myself. It was humiliating. It was humiliating because I felt that it was. Not because it wasn't good, honest work. Because I thought more highly of myself than I ought to have. Just a few months before, I had been in full-time ministry with a well-known organization. Now, here I was in a corndog booth to try and make rent. It was a humbling experience that I made harder with my attitude. Was it one of gratitude? Afraid not. Not overly. Not entirely. Yeah, I was grateful to keep the roof over our heads. I wasn't grateful for the means or the timing, which came at just the right time and just the right amount. Can you imagine not being grateful for that? As I recall, I had just enough over rent to buy a few groceries. So our needs were met perfectly in perfect timing. Wow, God is so patient, isn't he? He's just so good to me. He wants to show you. He is for you too. I invite you to look at your life and see all those times when he has spared you from something bad or provided what you lacked, when things just couldn't possibly work out. But somehow, they did. Did you ever stop to think about how? How impossible situations and circumstances have been turned around in ways you could never have foreseen, you could never have accomplished? Have you considered there was a God who loved you and was working things out on your behalf? who has indeed given you proof of his existence time and again, if only you will see it. Think about it, will you? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Acts 16.31 Yeshua Yehovah Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is the Lord. Yeshua Yehovah Jonah 2.9 Thanks for listening. Copyright 2015 A Christian